I want to look at something tonight, Proverbs chapter 16, and I want you to find your place there in verse 20. And uh, how many of you have ever had problems? Man, I, I, I join the crowd. Amen. You just have to get in the line. Of course, we all have, all right? And I, I kid about that every now and then, but you know, but problems, you know, what did Job say? He said, man that's born of a woman is a few days and what? And full of trouble. And full of trouble. And he even said this. He said, uh, for a man, he said that men have trouble as the sparks fly what? As they fly upward, just as easily as those sparks go off of a fire, so too troubles and problems can come into our lives. And what are we supposed to do about that? Well, I want to speak to you tonight, and those of you at home, I want to speak to you about handling our matters wisely. Handling matters wisely. I guess you could call this, this would be like problem solving 101. Amen. If you ever took some courses in college, you know, they all start off the basic levels are 101. And that's what I just want to look at some basics tonight that I think that will help us, will help you if you will apply them uh, to your situation. Would you agree with me that there are seasons in life uh, just as there are in nature? Yeah, there are. There are seasons in life and some of us have, have reached those, uh, those golden years, amen, and uh, what they call them sometimes. But, uh, you know, uh, David talked about being young and now he's old. Those are, those are seasons that we have in life. And so just as in nature, so too in people and also in churches. Do you know that churches go through seasons? Sometimes they go through seasons of growth. Sometimes they go through seasons of plateau. Sometimes it goes in the other direction, but a lot of times it is just for a season. Doesn't mean that it's permanent, doesn't mean that way. But a lot of times when there is growth, there can be, there may be some accompanying problems. Accompanying problems with growth. I remember my sister-in-law at the time, I was just dating Debbie and Denise was about four years old and it was the very first time and I can tell this because Sister Debbie's not in here. And uh, it was the very first time that uh, I had gone to their house for a meal. And, uh, you know, and I came over to the house and they put me on one end of the, tent, uh, at the table. And they had this very long table. They had five children, the two adults, seven people sitting around. Denise was about four years old. And she sat right here on my what would be my father-in-law's right side, right there, right on hand. And, uh, and I believe on his left, it may have been my future mother-in-law. But anyway, regardless, there was Denise right there. We're sitting at the end of the table, and I can't remember if they said grace or not. Uh, what, I, what stands out to me about that very first meal, I couldn't tell you what we had to eat because as soon as we sat down and maybe we got through grace, my future father-in-law just reached over here to Denise's glass of milk and turned it upside down and said, okay, Good, we got that out of the way. Now we can go ahead and eat. So what? What you know? And I just was like, "Oh my gosh, where have I come?" You know, and uh, and and what was happening was, you know, little Denise was growing, and so what was what was this far away now was a lot shorter. Why? Because she'd been growing, and uh, and she had to make some adjustments. She just didn't have time to do that yet. But I mean, it struck me. Uh, how, how he responded to that. Just turned that milk over, spilled it all over the table. And, uh, and, and you know, what, what, what's true in the lives of an individual can also be true in the life of a church. 
And so, and so you might think, well, you know, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at the passage. I ask you to go to Proverbs 16 with me. Look in verse 20. Notice what, notice what it says. Proverbs 16, verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. Well, that, you know, that, that statement, as you read that, that may sound kind of like an, like, almost like a Captain Obvious kind of statement. I mean, you know, if, if, I mean, anybody, if they handle things wisely, you say they, they might be able to find good. And I, and I agree with that. I understand that. But, uh, but I submit to you, it's not always that way, particularly when people or churches lack good judgment. When they lack good judgment. And so we've got to have some help about that. Do you remember, do you remember in, the, in the life of the church there in Acts chapter 6, the early church was there? What happened? That, that, that man, there were, they added to the church. Man, there were 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost. Not many days longer, there were 5,000 that were added to the church. The Lord was adding to the church daily. Can you imagine what would, ha what would happen if all of a sudden, man, we just had 100 people in here? I'm not sure that we're really prepared to handle that. We might say, boy, what a blessing. How great that is. Yeah, but man, you got to have people to look after things, teachers and so forth. You have to be prepared. And, uh, and so with growth sometimes comes problems. And so that early church, those Grecians were having problems because their needs were not being met. And so those, those, uh, those disciples, if you will, they had to choose out some men among them and and, uh, and so forth, and they were able to handle that problem. But so as it is in the lives of individuals, as we grow, sometimes it presents problems. So too in a church. But regardless, whether it be an individual or a church, we've still got to take care of business the right way. The right way. Let's look at those. All right? I want you to notice something with me. Notice something with me. That the latter part of that verse said, Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. And that is the linchpin upon the, which this is going to work. So when you and I have problems, what are we supposed to do? We have to handle them, number one, with purpose. With purpose. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31, and you've heard me read this to you before, it says, what, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our purpose in whatever problem we may be having as an individual or as an assembly, as a body is, that, that, our, that the motivating factor, the drive within us ought to be that we want to glorify God through it all. We don't, want to, we don't want to hurt our testimony. We don't want to hurt the testimony of the Lord in the neighborhood. And, and, and so that your minds aren't, aren't uh, working on anything. I don't think that we're having a problem. All right? Because I don't want you to be thinking about who is he talking about? What's happening that we don't know about? That's how human minds work. All right? So let's just knock that in the head right away. We're not having a problem. I'm just talking about a little bit of prevention here. What do we do when we do have a problem? I remember the church I was pastoring in Mississippi. Uh, we had about eight or ten people at the time, uh, as I recall. And, and uh, it sort of, I sort of got left the church. The, the pastor just left. I was a member of the church, just left. And we were trying to be like the faithful eight, brother, hold it together. And... Uh, and we were poor as Job's turkey, and I asked them all if they would. Hey, I want everybody to bring in a roll of toilet paper. 
you know, uh, you know, and help out. Why? Because the roll had been called up yonder. Amen. And uh, and so we had we had to have some. And man, they just kind of scratched their head. And I said, you know what? If we can't get together on toilet paper, what are we going to do when we have a real problem? So uh, so what I'm trying to help you with tonight is that number one, that our purpose must be right. Our purpose must be right. And whether you have your own business or whether you're working for someone and you run into situations or whatever, the ultimate goal that ought to be in every believer's life is that I want to glorify my Heavenly Father. That ought to be the desire of our heart. We don't always get it right, but it ought to be the desire of our heart to do right. To do right. You know, look with me in 1 Samuel. I want you to turn left in your Bible. Look with me in 1 Samuel, and look with me, please, in chapter 2. 1 Samuel, chapter 2. If you're in Kings, keep going left, all right? 1 Samuel, chapter 2, and I want you to look at this verse with me. Look in verse 30. 1 Samuel, chapter 2. There's a principle here that, that, I, think, that I think is a blessing. It encourages me. And remember, the things that were written aforetime were for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And so, so look here with me, 1 Samuel chapter 2, and look with me, please, in verse 30. Notice, notice what it says, wherefore, are, are y'all there, 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So there's a principle that's there. The man or the, or the woman or the church, if you will, if the desire of their heart is to honor the Lord, then he will honor them in their efforts. And this needs to be a, a, a guiding force like a rudder on our ship, like a lighthouse that's set out there as we move towards that beacon. It ought to be the purpose of our hearts and minds is to glorify God in everything that we do here and honor the Lord knowing that he will honor me. And that even means... If I take a loss, Psalm 15 talks about who's going to dwell in, my, in thy holy hill. One of those things is, one of those, one of those qualities or traits or characteristics of those that are going to dwell with the Lord are going to be those who swear to their own hurt and changeth not. They keep their word. They honor some things. Why? Because it honors the Lord when you and I keep our word. Did that ever make a difference to your children when you kept your word? Of course it did. Of course it did. And so too it is, so too it is with the Lord. So, so what is he saying to us here? He said, if you'll honor me, I'll honor you. What does that take? That takes humility on our part. And when we humble ourselves, then God gives us grace for that circumstance and that problem. That divine enabler that can help me and sustain me when maybe things aren't going just exactly right and I haven't got a handle on it yet. But the Lord can give me grace. The other side of that coin said this. If you despise me, that means to think little of me. I'm going to think little of you. And that tells me that's that proud part. God resisteth the proud. 
I don't want him to resist us when we've got difficulties. Let me, let me ask you a silly question. Do you want him to resist you when you've got problems? Man, no, I want him to come to my aid. I want him to render some help to me. Amen. You know, usually when we have problems or when the church has problems, and when I say problems, I'm talking about pressures and things, typically we pray a little differently, don't we? Amen. We get a little more serious. We get a little, a little, a little, uh, a little more down to earth, if you will, by by the by the circumstances that we find ourselves. So so ultimately, our goal ought to be in all things to bring glory and honor to Him. I thought about some I thought about some young men, and you know it's hard for young men to keep the right motives sometimes, isn't it? They they can be impulsive. One of the things that young men, one of the things, brethren, that you and I are to teach younger men when they come into the assembly, and they will, is that they be sober-minded. That doesn't mean that they don't drink. That means don't be silly. Don't be childish. That means they've got to grow up. And there were some young men that were put in some dire situations. I think about some. I think about Joseph. He was 17 years old. You think about that. Went to the pit and then to Potiphar's house. Got in trouble, winds up in prison, spent years down there. But the bottom line was the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Remember, he just did. He behaved himself wisely. He handled himself the right way. He honored the Lord. And God was with him. Remember, when Potiphar's wife was after him, she couldn't get him. And he said, man, why should I? He said, why should I sin against God? Why should I sin against your husband? I'm not going to do that. He made a choice right there. God honored him. And everywhere he went, the Lord was with him. Even though it was a prison, he did raise him up from those places, didn't he? Put him second in charge. I think about David. The, the 1 Samuel 18 says this. That It says, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Even when Saul was after him. You know, do you remember one of those times he was doing something, he was playing something? And one of the one of the pastors I read said that David behaved himself wisely, and it made Saul afraid of him. Saul was fearful. You want to read some good intrigue? Get over there in first and second Samuel. You want a good story about people's lives and the intricacies of those things and how God was at work? I, I love those two books, first and second Samuel. You read them. But one of the times, do you remember one of the times? It says that David, you know, when, when Saul saw him, what a, Saul grabbed a javelin over here and he threw that javelin and it struck against the wall. David ducked out of the way. You know what David didn't do? He didn't retaliate, brother. Was he having some problems? I would say that he was having some problems. You say, well, why didn't David take that jab and throw it back? Probably because David knew he probably would have hit what he was aiming at. Amen. And he didn't do that. David behaved himself wisely and the Lord was with him. He had a purpose. Don't ever lose your purpose. Don't ever lose that benchmark that ought to be in our hearts and minds. The last one I think about, Daniel. Daniel handled his captivity wisely. Now, Daniel was a teenager along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, that, those were the names that Nebuchadnezzar gave them, Chaldean names. Those weren't their Jewish names that those boys had, but they went there. They went there as teenagers. And they, and, and beloved, have you ever thought about it? They were emasculated. You understand what I mean? They were made eunuchs. You think that's what those boys wanted? 
Hardly. I, I bet not. And they went through those things and they endured those things. And when they came to Daniel, they wanted him to eat and do these other things. And he said, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, we won't turn there, but you, there's the verse, Daniel 1 and 8, said he purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. He said, if you'll just give me pulse, if you'll just give me these things. In other words, according to his, according to his Hebrew upbringing, he wanted to please the Lord. It was going to be a problem. They were killing everybody else, remember? They were killing everybody in there. And he said, I'll do this. And he made an agreement. He said, man, he said, after 10 days, if I don't look better, if we don't look better than when we first got in here, he said, then you do what you want. And man, he got in there. And that guy, he said, okay, you can do it. And that unit gave him that food. And God blessed him. And that wasn't the only time that God blessed him. Man, when they, they passed that law, you couldn't pray. Daniel went over there and prayed. What did he do? They wound up in the lion's den, and the lions weren't hungry that night. Because, man, why? Because Daniel purposed in his heart. And I believe it, beloved, when, when, when we have things that come upon us, and yes, problems, they do bring stress, and they can bring turmoil, and and different things, but it will keep that overarching goal in mind. Lord, I don't want to fail you here. David said, not unto us, not unto us, but unto thee be glory. It's how he measured some things in his life. We ought to handle our affairs not carelessly, but honorably, honorably. And so sometimes you have to ask yourself, what am, what am I supposed to learn from this? Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? Uh, maybe it might be in somebody else's family and you're observing it. What, what can I learn from this that I don't make that mistake or, or whatever? But keeping that goal in mind that you handle your difficulties with a purpose. Lord, I want to go through this the right way. I mean, I, I'm not going to ask you if you had to repeat a class or not. Remember, there used to be a, well, it used to be a redneck if you, if you were in the same grade as your children. In school, you might be a redneck. Remember that? I don't think anybody really appreciates having to, having to uh, go through a class again or repeat a whole year. But you know what? But if we don't get the trial right, sometimes if we don't get the testing right, guess what? God gives us a repeat. And sometimes what people do, you know what they do when they have a problem? They say, man, if I just was in a different place, if I was around a different set of people, if I just had a different set of circumstances, maybe it was a better job or a different car or whatever, they drag up, they pack up, and they leave, and they don't realize that they're bringing all that stuff with them to the next place. Keep your purpose right. But I want to glorify God. Number two, we got to handle it with prudence. Go back to Proverbs with me. With prudence. Look in Proverbs 14. Now, the men, we've been talking about that little word, prudence. Prudence simply means it is the avoidance of evil. How to stay out of trouble. How to, how to handle something. All right, look in Proverbs 14. Look with me, please, in verse 15. Notice what this passage says. Proverbs 14, verse 15. It says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his goings. So he's keeping his purpose right. I want to honor and glorify the Lord. That means that I'm going to take some steps, but I want to take them carefully. I'm looking well to my way. In other words, doing, it, doing things the Lord's way 
that will bring that good and that happiness that was in Proverbs 16. Remember, he that handles the matter wisely and, uh, and whosoever trusts the Lord, you know, will find good. And then there's that part about happiness. The man that trusts the Lord, there's going to be happiness that will come. So the good and the happiness come by trusting God in the midst of that. And that means ordering our affairs prudently as, as we examine this. So doing things the Lord's way brings the good and it brings the happiness that we desire, even though there may have been a problem. You know, one of the promises of God, you know, we, we've had, uh, I don't know, has this been a normal spring for us with the, with the weather and the, some of the rain that we've gotten? I, I think it's great that we have it. But, uh, man, we get a good light show over here that we never got over there in East Texas. Man, I mean, I had to close the shade. It kept waking me up. It was like somebody shooting off, uh, you know, like flash bulbs. And, uh, and, and I, I, I like stor stormy weather and stuff like that. I, I like to, to look at those things. But, but you know, uh, but here, you know, in, in the midst of those things, a lot of times what I think about, you know, whenever there's been a storm, there's usually, typically, there's a rainbow after the storm. And what is that? That's an indicator of God's promise. Hey, I hadn't forgot about you. I just don't think it's a scientific phenomenon that, that appears in the clouds when you look from the northwest. Man, I don't see that. I see that as the hand of God. It's him reminding me that no matter how bad it gets down here, he's not going to bring a flood again. And beloved, all I can tell you is I believe what he said. I believe what he said. So we handle with purpose and we handle with prudence. So, so here's a passage, don't turn there, but it's Proverbs 15, verse 28. It says, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer. He studieth to answer. So when we've got a problem, when we have the situation, what are some things? What are the steps that we should be taking if we're going to deal with this prudently? Number one, we ought to be spending time in prayer. That's the very first thing, beloved. You and I, we need to bathe that circumstance, that situation in prayer. Because I'm going to say again, things are not always as they appear to be. And things are not always as they are first reported. Sometimes they're not as bad. Sometimes they're worse. We just don't always know. But what we don't want is a knee-jerk reaction. Because you know what? When you say things in haste, you can get in trouble, can't you? If you do something in haste, it can cause more problems. Prudence means that I'm going to spend some time in prayer. James 1 said, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the waves tossed about. And he said that he's unstable in all his ways. That man won't receive anything, but we're to ask in faith. Why? God has the wisdom for that situation. And sometimes he allows a problem to come along. You've just been minding your own business. You've just been doing your thing, trying to walk with God. You haven't been sowing any bad seeds and trouble comes. Sometimes that's just there to help crowd you to him. Just to be a little bit nearer because in that bad or in that negative circumstance, it might be a way for him to reveal himself to you that he might not otherwise be able to do. Like I said before, sometimes we pray a little bit differently. You know, when things go wrong, kind of like, okay, what did I do? 
We don't, don't you sort of look around a little bit? Yeah, we do. We do. I think that's a normal thing. But beloved prudence means that you and I ought to bathe that situation in prayer. Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't like what's going on. And I wish that you would help me right here. I need some light. I need some direction. I need you to show me, Lord. Help me what I'm supposed to do here. I don't have an answer. And maybe, and then, you know, and sometimes, you know, if you just talk all the time when you're praying, how do you have a chance to listen? You know, we live in an instant world, don't we? Everything at our fingertips. I mean, I come over here in the morning and, man, Debbie's already got my coffee put in the microwave and I push one, three, zero, minute and a half and I hit that button and, man, it's heating up. I unlock my door and I get things going, turn my computer on. By the time I get back, man, my coffee's ready to go. I get a sip. I give her a kiss and, man, I'm in my office. I mean, I, I, I love my routine in the morning. We just, But we're just so accustomed to everything just being right there. We just get comfortable in those things. Sometimes God wants a little more of your time. And for you to get before him. You've got to pray about these things. You've got to bring that circumstance before God. There's nothing wrong to say, Lord, I don't know why this happened. Or, Lord, what are you trying to show me from this? How can I help? What can I do? This is how it looks. But I'm not certain. Have you thought there's been some impending things sometimes? It looked bad. It turned out it wasn't as bad as what you thought. Sure. Do you remember when Pilgrim was walking? He looked up there. Pilgrim's Progress. If you've not read that book by Bunyan, I highly recommend it to you. Pilgrim was looking up there. And then he saw those lions were out there. And the road was going to go right by those lions. But what he didn't know was because of his perspective, that road actually turned away from those lions. And those lions were on a chain. And just by following on, they wouldn't get to him. But it looked like they were going to get him. Beloved, we've got to pray. And I know that you do. And I, I, you say, brother, that's easy to preach. It is easy to preach, but I'm going to tell you, it's also easy to practice. It's not the last resort. You and I, we ought to be accustomed to God hearing and answering our prayers. It ought to be. We've got to pray. Second thing, you know what? Spend some time in prayer. Number two, search the scriptures. What does the word of God say? Spend some time in your Bible. Listen, if you only treat this like a workbook, then that's how it's going to seem to you. Rather, it ought to be a worship book. And the Lord will meet with you. And as you put the word of God in and you read it, the Holy Spirit will draw it out and he'll say, this is the way, walk you in it. And can take you to a place, maybe to a psalm or someplace else, an example in the Bible, something that happened similar because there's nothing new under the sun. I don't care if this was 3,023. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible will always be relevant. It will always be current. It will always be contemporary because the hearts of men have not changed. So search the scriptures. And if you say, well, I don't know them very well. Well, why not? I mean, when you get in the boat, brother, when you get in the boat, one of the questions, you know, uh, the times that I had fished over there in, in East Texas, it was a lot, caught a lot of crappie and really enjoyed that. But one of the things that we would always ask ourselves, brother Roger and I, we get to the, we get to the land and we get to the boat launch. And one of the questions we ask is we get out, hey, you got the plug in the boat? 
I mean, has anybody ever launched one where the plug was not in there? Yeah, I've seen some of those. Amen, I have. And uh, is the plug in the boat? It's not a dumb question. So what do you do? You don't wait to put the plug in after you're in the water. You do it in advance. Just like here, you don't wait till there's trouble and then go to look for your Bible. Go to look, where are you, God? Where are you? No, be walking with him now. He won't be so hard to find. When the trouble comes, search the scriptures, search the scriptures. Number three, seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. A wise man will do that according to Proverbs 1. I mean, do you, do you remember uh, there was, there was uh, when Solomon died, he had two sons, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And uh, Rehoboam had been selected. Rehoboam was going to be next in line. Jeroboam was kind of upset about that. And, uh, and so, the, so the advisors, some of the wise men that Solomon had came to him and they said, listen, if you'll do this and this and this and this, man, these people will be with you and you'll be blessed and if you do that. But what did Rehoboam do? He said he didn't do that. He said he got his young buddies over here and he asked them. And they said, listen, your, your dad, man, he put his thigh on. He said, if you'll make your little finger like your dad's thigh, and if you'll do this and do this and do this, man, we'll have fun. We'll be all right. And you know what? Rehoboam foolishly listened to those young men and split the kingdom. They said, we're out of here. And Jeroboam went north. That's when you got the ten tribes in the north and the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin in the south. Why? Because he wouldn't seek out good counsel. And when he had it, he rejected it for his contemporaries, for the kids his own age. Listen, there's some gray heads in here. Ask. Brethren, I count on you. I, I'm, I'm, brother, I'm thinking about you, Brother Mel, and you, Brother Larry, you, Brother Ed. I'm thinking about y'all. Men, men, aged men, men that know about the history of this assembly and so forth. I'm counting on that, and I've told you that in private. I have. And I believe that because godly counsel, good counsel, is a blessing to have, and it's a shame when it's not there. And at the same time, brethren, you all need good counsel. I mean, anybody here know what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't. Seek out godly counsel. Don't be like Rehoboam. Examine it. You know, Brother Mark knows a lot about the, technic, the, the, the technical things. I don't know about that stuff. You talk about you're a 19th century man. I'm in, I'm, I think I'm in the 21st century, but I'm not anywhere near. He's in a different part of the 21st century. And, uh, and so I count on that counsel. I do. I count on that. If we want to reach some other people in some other platforms and other ways to let folks know that we're here, I'm for it. Why? Ultimately, so God is glorified. I'm not trying to get on there. I'm not doing this so that everybody be, oh, man, what a preacher boy. You know, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in the gospel going forth and people getting some help. Because the Lord's in the saving business. He's in the blessing business and knows how to fix broken things. Beloved, we need to spend time in prayer. We need to search the scriptures. We need to seek godly counsel. And then we need to submit ourselves to the will of God. After we've done some praying and we've done some searching and we've done some talking, doing our homework, when God reveals what needs to be done, when the Lord points it out in his word, when I get a word from someone, we need to do the will of God. We need to submit ourselves to that and move forward. If that's true in the life of a church, that's also true in our lives as individuals. 
we need to submit ourselves to the known will of God. And God will not again play hide and seek. And the scripture says in the book of Ephesians, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And you say, where am I going to find the will of God? You're going to find the will of God in the word of God. It's not going to be on the back of your cereal box. You're not going to find it on television or YouTube. It's going to be in your Bible. It's going to be in your Bible. Know your ways around that. Because here's the thing. The essence of all wisdom, the essence of all wisdom is simply to do what God says. When we do it his way, and I think about what Hudson Taylor said. He said, God's work done in God's way will not lack God's supply. What was he saying? Do it the Lord's way. I mean, what if what if Joshua would have got out there and argued with the Lord? I mean, why don't we have a couple bombers? I mean, you're God. You can do anything you want. I mean, he didn't know anything about flying airplanes. Don't we have something out here we can knock these walls down with? That wasn't the way. But what they had to do. What, what would have happened at Jericho if they hadn't submitted themselves? Jericho was a huge problem. But they did what he said. And as he said, those walls came down because they were obedient. Beloved, that is handling our, our circumstance with prudence. Prudence. Spend time in prayer. Search the scriptures. Seek out godly counsel. And what that means is you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to lower that window a little bit and invite somebody in. That takes humility, brethren. And we don't like other people knowing our business. And we definitely don't like other people knowing our problems. Amen? That whole Texas thing about being independent, we got that. But if you want to get help, sometimes, you know, eventually, sometimes, you know, if you can't fix yourself, sometimes you have to go to the doctor, right? And we don't like telling about what doesn't work. We just don't. So it means make preparations, not procrastination and not passivity, because the problem's not going to fix itself. Last thing, and I'll be done. Look in Proverbs 19 with me. We've got to handle our problem with, with purpose. To honor and glorify the Lord. Proverbs 19. Number two, we've got to handle our problems with prudence. Prudence. Prudent men foresee the evil and hide themselves. But the simple pass on and are destroyed. Prudence. If you don't have prudence, it's something that is acquired. It comes by knowing God and fearing the Lord and walking with Him. He'll give it to you. The last thing is patience. With patience. Handle it with purpose, with prudence, and lastly, with patience. Look in Proverbs 19. Look in verse 2. Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And look at that last part. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Do you think the Lord knows when you need a speedy answer as opposed to maybe something that's not going to happen right away? I think he does. You know, uh, uh, Peter was not very eloquent when he was going down in the water. He just got to the point, didn't he? 
There was not a lot of pious gas and religious paraphernalia. He said, Lord, save me. That's all there was. And, uh, and David has prayed. Sometimes you look through the Psalms. David said, you know, that he would, if God would answer him speedily. Now, the Lord knows the timing on these things. But I just know this. If we get in a hurry, you know, somebody said, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. They'll make mistakes. In, in EMS, in medicine, Sister Scooter, in medicine said this. They said, accuracy is smooth and smooth is fast. It wasn't necessarily how, you know, get this, get that. I mean, all that comes with time. But be accurate first. Accurate is smooth and smooth is fast. And so sometimes, brethren, we, we have to be careful about hasty words. What that simply means is that you and I, we've got to think before we speak. I know that's hard sometimes, isn't it? That's not just a, a female thing. That's a man thing, too. That's a people thing. Think before you speak. You know, engage your brain before you engage your mouth. Because words are like those bullets, right? You don't get them back. It's kind of like the woman that talked about the preacher. And she said, uh, and she told him, you know, she got right with him and everything. And, and, uh, and, he, and she said, uh, what can I do to make this right? And he said, well, this. And he took an old feather pillow that he had with him. He cut that feather pillow out there and he just shook it out there in the road. And, of course, the breeze took all those feathers and it went everywhere. And he said, the only way that you can make this right, he said, is if you can get all them feathers back in that pillow. And that's kind of like with our words. You're not going to get them back in the pillow. They get out there. Somebody said that while truth is still tying their shoes, a lie has already made, made it once around the world. Be careful about hasty words. Be careful about a hasty spirit to get angry first. What did we say was the first thing to do if you're going to do it with prudence? Take that thing to the prayer closet. Don't unload on somebody. You have to know when to keep your mouth shut. Amen, Brother Ed. You do. You do. And you can't let your frustration and anger get the best of you because it will only put you in more trouble. It will only make the problem harder to fix. It makes it worse. It doesn't make it better. You know, somebody talked about an old diaper a long time ago. An old diaper. You know the days of cloth diapers? Remember we had those? We didn't, you know, they, there was nothing pampering about them. I, I put so many of them on, that's where my hair has gone, Brother Larry. I, I'd run that baby pin through there, diaper pin through there. You know, it actually would make the pin more sharp. And uh, I'd run it through there and so forth. And somebody said, you know, when you have a problem and you can't keep your mouth shut about it, he said it's like taking one of those old, old soiled diapers and stirring it with a stick. And the more you stirred it, the more it smelled. Now, I'm not trying to be crude, but I am trying to make a point. What do we do sometimes? Misery loves company. If I tell somebody over here, then they're going to, they're going to get on my side and make me feel better about myself. And, and uh, you know. No. No. Keep that to yourself. Talk to God about it. If you want to be a gossip, be a gospel gossip. 
You want to have something to tell? Tell them about him. Amen. That'll give you that'll keep your jaws busy. Amen. Don't have hasty words. Don't have a hasty spirit. Remember, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That is not the way to fix the problem. You want to make it worse? Blow up. Blow up. And this is where, you know, this is one of those things. Don't say, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. So there's some passages here about waiting. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Another place David said, wait on the Lord and keep his way. That means, that means to walk circumspectly. That means to keep things in order while you're waiting. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Brother Orloff used to say, The answer you have prayed for is on its way and paid for. Hold on a little longer. Hold on. God knows how much you can bear. The Lord knows how long you can wait. But it might be that he, maybe he's just trying to stretch you a little bit out of your little comfort zone and help you to grow just like my little sister-in-law when she was four. She was growing, but it made for some problems. It's going to happen in your life. Don't be impatient. Be prudent. Have the right purpose. And I, I believe, you know one thing I know about the Lord? He is true to His Word. Everything that he says that he will do, he will do. Because yes. our God, God is not a man that he should lie. He's never lied to me. I don't believe. I, I don't think I've ever met a believer that he ever lied to him. Now, has the Lord ever sent a lying spirit? Oh yeah. If you play games with God, He knows how to play games with you. But He doesn't do that with His children. Not with His children, beloved. Problem solving 101. There's a way for us to handle our matters wisely. I hope you'll receive this tonight. I hope you'll put it in practice. Purpose, prudence, and patience. And the Lord will see you through it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these dear saints. And I thank you, Lord, for the precious word of God. And uh, Lord, we just appreciate your faithfulness. Lord, not only in the days of blessing and refreshing, but also, Lord, when we're in the valley. Lord, I thank you that the God of the mountain is also the God of the valley. I pray you'll teach us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.